0: Hi, I'm Scott McTaggart, one of the pastors with Artisan Church, and grateful to be with you. I'm also grateful to be on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Peoples, to ride my bike on this land, to play with my kids on this land, to walk, to enjoy the North Shore Mountains. Grateful to be here. Some weeks, more than others, uh, I I get the feeling like nothing really matters, and uh, I've been feeling like that a little bit this week. In hearing the news of the 215 Indigenous children that were discovered in Kamloops, um, sermon hasn't felt that important, and uh, instead uh, I feel compelled to provide some space just to. Uh, acknowledge, to grieve, and to lament in this virtual gathering. So I want to invite you to do that with me this week. Um, this afternoon, I had the privilege of spending some time with the Downtown East Side pastors in McLean Park, and some of us in person and some on Zoom through a, uh, a cell phone. Uh, but just such a good time to be with them. And uh, Cheryl Bear, who many of you know, she was guest speaker here a few weeks ago. Um, She said she gets this question a lot this week. What do we, what can we do? Cheryl, what can we do? And uh, her answer, she said, is just to grieve with us. She said, uh, indigenous people all across the country are reeling with this news. And not specifically just because of the news, but because of what it represents. And uh, so I want to take her advice today too and just grieve a little bit. Uh, I also want to say thank you people of Artisan for helping lead me in lament, Um, prayer leading me in action. Uh, Seeing you, uh, some of you attend the vigil at the art gallery to light some candles. Uh, Some encouraging to do more than just post on social media, but to engage in meaningful and thoughtful action. Um, Annika Brandt posted this prayer by Maggie Watts Hammond uh, from Gilmore Park Church in Richmond, and I thought this would be a good place to start. It's a prayer on the discovery of the bodies of children at a former residential school. Will you join me with this? Oh, my Lord God, where were you? Where were you when they cried to you or to their mothers, when they had been taken far from the arms that bore them? Where were you? Oh, God, do you kneel beside these graves and weep and remember them? Do you remember every childish smile, every playful laugh, every future dream cut off by the indifference? Oh, holy one, were you not a child? Did you not squat to watch an ant on its never-ending journey? Did you kneel on a muddy bank looking for tadpoles? Did you imagine glorious tomorrows? Where were you? Where were you when they shivered in a cold dorm bed with hunger gnawing? Where were you when the fever came and there was no one to sing the healing songs or lullabies? Where were you when their breath came wheezing or with a whoop of inhalation that gave a dread disease its name? Did your hand rest on them? Tell me, for I am racked with grief. For those tender ones I never knew. Do you weep for them? Where were you when my forebears took them from their mothers? Where were you when they decided? Where were you when those with power to command and those with power to oppose and those who had been commanded to love and had read of your love and every week sang songs of your love all colluded to take your little ones to that place of death? Had you abandoned their hearts, these my forebears? O oh, holy child, do not abandon me. Do not leave me in ignorance or fear or callousness. Bring me to my knees with these my brethren. Smudge me with the cleansing smoke and lead me in love. Allow us to grieve together that we might cry together, all my relations. In an interview yesterday with the BBC, Chief Perry Bellegarde said, the outrage and surprise from the general public is welcome, no question. But the report is not surprising. Survivors have been saying this for years and years, but nobody believed them. Murray Sinclair, chair of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, said in an interview this week, In 2015, it was estimated some 6,000 children had died while at residential schools. So far, more than 4,100 children have been identified. We know there are lots of sites similar to Kamloops that are going to come to light in the future. We need to begin to prepare ourselves for that. In the residential school system, 150,000 First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children were taken from their families. Parents faced threat of arrest and imprisonment if they did not cooperate. Christian churches were essential in the founding and operation of the schools. Chief Bellegarde again said it was our government's policy to get rid of the Indian and in the child. It was a breakdown of self, the breakdown of family, community, and nation. A common phrase that was used by missionaries to justify these pursuits was civilized to save. In 2015, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada called the Indian residential school system cultural genocide. And Richard Wagamese in his book, Indian Horse, describes the effects of the residential schools on indigenous children. Listen closely to this description. He writes, all of the Indian, all of the First Nations, all of the Aboriginal got scraped off through the inflicting of that institutional way on Aboriginal people. And the wounds and scrapings and the scars that resulted from the scraping away seeped and bled for generations and caused a great many more psychic wounds than the original ones when people were apprehended. And children who were in those institutions found a sense of isolation and sense of lostness that nobody should have to find their way out of. Physical and sexual abuse led some to run away. Others died of disease or by accident amid neglect. As late as 1945, the death rate for children at residential schools was nearly five times higher than that of other Canadian school children. In the 60s, the rate was still double that of the general student population. So what do we do with this? And how do we grieve? I have gotten the help from many people, but African priest and theologian Emmanuel katongo he said this, the journey of reconciliation is grounded in a call to see an encounter see and encounter the rupture of this world so truthfully that we are literally slowed down. We are called to a space where any explanation or action is too easy, too fast, too shallow. A space where the right response can only be a desperate cry directed to God. We are called to learn the anguished cry of lament. Lament is not... A new idea to us we've talked a lot about it. we spent a lot of time in the Psalms many of the Psalms are laments but I just feel like the permission that he gives in these words we're called to learn the anguish cry of lament so helpful um, so full disclosure uh, up till this afternoon this was supposed to be a sermon about loving God and uh, It just kind of dawned on me later today that maybe it still is. And uh, part of the sermon I was going to focus on the Shema, which is a Jewish prayer. And it's familiar to all of us. Jesus quoted it um, as a good Jewish boy. He would have said it once in the morning and once uh, going to bed. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Mark's gospel adds strength. Another translation says uh, to love the, God, love the Lord your God with all your passion, prayer, intelligence, and energy. Uh, the idea, I think, of the Shema is to love the Lord your God with all. With your whole being, with all of your goodness, with all of your mess, with all of your emotion, with all of your anger, all. All. And uh, I remembered so clearly this story of my daughter, Evelyn. I asked her permission to share this, but um, in growing up, we, with the kids, we would do these song prayers where we would just make up stuff off the top of our heads and we would pray to God in song. Sometimes we would sing a line and they would copy. Sometimes they would make up their own. And this is what I lived for was when they made their own prayers And I remember this one time cuddling with Evelyn in her bed. And she began to sing her song, Prayer to God. And it was something like, God, you're awesome. I love you. Kind of reminds me of the elf in in the Christmas movie. And and so she's singing this, I love you, God. And then this one line, I love you, God, even more than guacamole. And, and I, we laughed at that line. But for her, that was loving God with her all. Guacamole was one of the biggest things for her. And to say that she loved God more than guacamole was a big deal. And such a beautiful picture of loving God with your all. Side question, what is your guacamole? Anyways, as adorable as that is, that's not all, and that wasn't her all. What if that same child was showing love every time she had a meltdown, every time she was angry and wanted to say, I hate you, Daddy. What if that could be also an expression of love? That even in her depths, Of hatred or anger or frustration that she feeling 100% completely loved and confident in my love for her could could speak out against me could complain could argue could could lash out in anger what if that too was an expression of love similarly because of God's love we can express our deep doubts, anger, or frustrations. We can trust him with our laments. To continue uh, Father Emmanuel Katongo's quote, lament is not despair. It's not whining. It is not a cry into a void. Lament is a cry directed to God. It is the cry of those who see the truth of the world's deep wounds, and the cost of seeking peace. It is the prayer of those who are deeply disturbed by the way things are. We are enjoined to learn to see and feel what the psalmists see and feel and to join our prayers with theirs. The journey of reconciliation is grounded in the practice of lament. And I think even more so in this week as we mourn these 215 bodies that were discovered and many more that were affected, we can join in this practice of lament. This is part of the reconciliation. This is part of this work. So I want to close with two laments. One's a psalm, and one um, is by Abigail Echohawk. And I just want us to pause and to take uh, Father Katongal's words, to slow down, not to hurry, and just to sit with this. To sit with the uncomfort, to sit with the darkness, to sit with all of the things we feel about this. In the psalm, I want us to picture, as I read it, um, when, when it says... Uh, uh, that his victims are crushed or um, hunting down the weak, instead of personalizing this psalm to us, I want us to think about our indigenous brothers and sisters and pray alongside of them. This is excerpts from Psalm chapter 10. Let's listen and let's pray. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. His mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush, he murders the innocent His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover, he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed. They collapse. They fall under his strength. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them. And you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. And a lament by Abigail Echohawk. When they buried the children, what they didn't know, they were lovingly embraced by the land held and cradled in a mother's heart. The trees wept for them with the wind. They sang mourning songs their mothers didn't know to sing, bending branches to touch the earth around them. The Creator cried for them, the tears falling like rain. Mother Earth held them until they could be found. Now our voices sing the morning songs with the trees, with the wind, Light sacred fire, ensure they are never forgotten as we sing justice.